Hello and welcome to the Hashtag Five Things Podcast. Uh, I am Joey Scarillo filling in this week again for Kenny Gold, who is on vacation. With me, Amanda Davis. Hello, Amanda. I really almost said morning, Kenny, but I'm going to shift it. Morning, Joey. (laughs) (laughs) And Beth Rolfs. Hello, Beth. Hi, Joey. We are jumping into five things uh, from the world of social media, as we do every single week. Um, And this week, we are talking about TikTok launched a wellness hub. TikTok also added new music-triggered visual effects tools. Can't wait to hear about that. Uh, Reddit reportedly developed its own audio rooms feature. I'm excited to talk about that one. Uh, Beth's going to talk to us about Pinterest announced a creator fund. And Amanda is going to take us home with Facebook launching a new video speed dating app. That should be fun. All right. So we got two TikTok stories right at the top. Beth, take us away. Yeah, I get to kick us off this week. So TikTok announced a new launch of their wellness hub. Um, It's aimed at encouraging positive behaviors and support for users. So what this is, is it's a hub that features dedicated categories around food and nutrition, fitness, life advice, mindfulness, kind of all in the health and wellness for both physical and mental health. And it allows you to go into the hub and find contact content coming from relevant TikTok influencers on whatever subject you've selected. I think it's really interesting when we think about kind of our content and the influencers we work with being able to really specialize and be in kind of a, a place that says influencer A is here for mindfulness Um, and also being able to understand where our advertising and our our partnerships and influencers are going to show up in the world of social. I also just, I feel like this was picked for me because I love the idea of like spreading a positive experience and like having a place to go that you know is safe and happy and optimistic. So what do you guys think? That's so warm and fuzzy. Um, I know. Yeah. I think it's cool. And I think this is another example of TikTok, you know, again, being proactive. We, of course, have to benchmark things against the original social medias, the Facebooks and the Instagrams, where they had to, you know, retroactively try to control the content or bring audiences into certain hubs or conversations to add, you know, legitimacy and truth to it. But this really shows that TikTok is, again, getting ahead of that conversation. These are things that people are talking about already on the platform it seems like they're going ahead and, and saying, you know, let's figure out how this works on the platform and how we push the right content to the right people at the right time. Um, so it's interesting. I'm so curious because, I, I mean, this is very anecdotally personal. I don't really visit the, the hubs. There's always like hubs, you know, political um, kind of COVID hubs. I was, I'm curious, you know, how often these are visited and used by users on the platform. And if like, not even just TikTok, but just in general, you know, Instagram and Facebook have similar ones. And I think Twitter too. I'm curious if like the hub, the idea of the hub is something that's going to be evolving as a social media feature and how its effectiveness is kind of growing and making sure that it's doing the job it's doing. It's not to say that's a negative thing. Um, I just think this, these could be great solves for problems that the platforms are having. I just hope that they're keeping an eye on how effective they are. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think this is great. I think any 
any focus on mental health is always good. Um, I think it's, I, and it, it totally makes sense coming from TikTok too. One of the things that they do that I really appreciate is when you're, you know, you've been scrolling, I mean, let's say for an hour or so, and it tells you, Hey, you know, you've, you've been on here for too long. Might want to take a break, get some water. Um, I think it'd be really cool if they drove people to these through videos like that. You know, like if you're, if you're scrolling through, maybe if the algorithm is feeding you, I don't know, content similar to this, or, um, you know, maybe some negative content, political content, whatever it is. Hey, you might want to check out the wellness hub could be something kind of fun that they could do just to drive people to these channels. Cause like you said, Amanda, I don't check out these hubs really much either. It's usually just scrolling that for you page. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love it. Yeah. I think it's great. I was kind of thinking the same thing, Joey, of like, I wonder if the algorithm will feed people content based off of their, their activity in the hubs. But it'd be very cool if it was like you're seeing too much of the polar opposite content, right? Or you're displaying in, intense signals around kind of negative mental health behaviors. We're going to drive you to right. the wellness hub. I mean, that's, that's a great idea. Yeah, and that's you guys can have that one for free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take that one to the <laughs> bank, TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's the that's the that's the crazy thing too is that TikTok really controls. I mean, if you're if you're just searching through that for you page, they really control so much of what you see through the algorithm that like they should be aware of these things and they should they they should create hubs like this and drive people to places like that because you know it's there's it's not like YouTube where I mean I guess YouTube does have auto play and things like that too, but usually I just start that for you page and I don't know what I'm gonna get you know um, and TikTok does and I don't <laughs> know what I'm gonna get next. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's great. Uh, anything else on this, on this topic? I mean, I think this is awesome. Um, definitely a trend that we're seeing, um, a lot of social channels taking with, um, with that mental health space. So, uh, next up is another TikTok. Uh, they added new music triggered visual effects tools. Amanda, why don't you talk to us about that? Another cool one from TikTok. Um, they announced that they're adding a range of immersive, which is I feel like the word of 2021 or 2020, a new immersive effects for your video that will be actually triggered by the sound um, in the video that you're recording. So for instance, um, if you guys remember, I think it was in the 90s, there was like that screensaver that reacted to the music you're playing and there's something that bounces. Honestly, it kind of looks like that. It's not particularly groundbreaking, but it is an AR feature versus kind of a flat reaction. There's also some other options. Um, I think they call the music machine, which essentially lets the creator kind of play around with the actual music itself. So you can, you know, speed or slow the BPM. You can impact the pitch. You can add sound effects, basically remix the song in the platform, which is kind of interesting. You can add lyrics and words to the song on the screen. So all of these features alone aren't specifically groundbreaking from like a tech perspective. Um, but what is interesting is that they're all in one place where people are already creating and kind of like innovating video creation. And it's still the easiest platform to do that in. So, you know, when you add all those pieces together, the easiest platform to make video in, all of their, you know, creator first actions they've taken, all the growing excitement and traffic, you know, that they're seeing, all of that together is kind of creating TikTok as this huge kind of playground of creativity, fun. People are making, you know, music, dances, all these other outlets that they're they're enabling on the platform. And it's kind of, 
it's still blowing like the other platforms out of the water who are adding these features in ad hoc over the last year or two. Um, so yeah, it's still like a pretty cool place to be for, for not only users, but also brands. I don't think the individual effects are insane, um, but everything's now in one place, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of them also just like sticking to like doubling down on music and kind of the heritage of the, the app and the giving the creators just the tools to make their content more visually as well as melodically appealing. Yeah. It feels like they're adding these functions based on what people want in the platform versus trying to change a behavior, which is the right thing. Yeah. (laughs) Shockingly enough. Yeah. What I like too about it is that it, it's taking a focus on audio and, um, you know, really creating like some cool, uh, audio themes and ways for brands to, um, to play with the way they sound just as much as the way they're seen, um, which is really cool, which actually transitions us very nicely into our third thing. Um, Reddit is reportedly developing its own audio rooms feature. So again, this is a rumor. They have not confirmed nor denied that they're doing this. Uh, Reddit's actually been pretty quiet on this, um, but I'm pretty sure it's happening considering the people that have been reporting on it. But apparently they are testing their own version of social audio um, with audio rooms within subreddits. There's speculation that this could be part of their power-up project, which they announced last year, um, which is for premium subscribers uh, to boost real-time engagement. So they had a feature like this before called Start Chatting. I don't know if any of you remember that, um, but it was for small five-person groups within subreddits. But this is sounds like it's going to be much bigger. Um, so Reddit would, you know, of course, be joining... Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn in this trend, all of which we have discussed on the show. But my prediction here is, though, that I think Reddit is going to do it um, is going to do it differently. I just can't imagine redditors are going to want a Clubhouse clone on the app. Um, I think they're going to want something a little bit more meaningful to their communities. I don't know about you. I I just can't see Elon Musk giving a TED talk on Reddit. I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, but it probably is going to be a little closer to discord, you know, where it's tied to message boards. If I had to, if I had to guess, um, but, um, oh, side note, by the way, friends, I don't know if we, we haven't talked about this yet, but I, I heard the name for Facebook's new audio only feature. It's going to be called hotline. So I'm sure we'll be covering that in the coming weeks. But, uh, I saw that this week and I was like, oh, hotline. Interesting. All right, Drake. Anyway, so I think what's interesting about this for marketers is, again, we don't know if it's true or not, but we suspect it is. But I would say my thought would be, you know, take it slow with these audio features. Uh, This new audio ecosystem is just evolving, right? And so I think just like with all the video apps like TikTok and YouTube, you know, we treat those channels differently. So I think we're going to end up treating... Clubhouse, Hotline, Reddit. I think we're going to treat them all differently too. Um, So I would just caution the assumption that all audio platforms are created equal. Um, Just because Clubhouse was like, quote unquote, the first doesn't mean that it's the best or the only one. I just think, you know, we have to take all these new channels and new features together whenever they're all here and and take a look and evaluate them a little differently. I don't know. What do you guys think of this? Uh, I mean, Reddit 
selfishly is my favorite place to do social listening. And a big part of that is that you get an anonymous conversation, which often equals a more real and honest conversation. So the idea of chat rooms personally is kind of a bummer for me because one, the the audio means no written text for me to analyze. Um, and two, what does that do to the anonymous nature of the forum? Like, do you have to sign up as Beth Rolfs or could I be my screen name? Um, I could see this taking place of like an AMA really easily and nicely, but I don't know. I don't love it. That's but I've kind of felt that way about all of these, honestly. That's AMA is kind of where my head went to. Beth is like, that seems like the most, um, that kind of efficient use of that. But at the same time, Reddit AMAs are popular and are things that especially kind of like high profile personalities want to do because they're not as, um, I guess, abrasive and intense as like a traditional interview. So when Mm -hmm. you're sitting in front of someone and you're trying to get out the right answer and you're trying to articulate it correctly, it's very immediate. So AMAs kind of became this way that you could like take a moment, write out your answer, you know, select the things that you wanted to talk about and make sure that it's coming across the right way without the pressure of like video and audio and the time it takes to create that. So it almost feels like that would be counterintuitive to why someone would do an AMA on Reddit if they could just do an, an audio interview that that might not need to happen on Reddit. Um, but that's originally where I was thinking is maybe that's the use case. Um, to your point, like the anon- anonymity, an- animidity. An- animidity? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So the, the reason that we were, I, when we first started talking about Clubhouse, you know, the reason that it is fostering this like, one great conversation and two kind of like safe space for lack of better word is because someone has to vouch for you. It's attached to your name, your, your real name. So you wouldn't do anything that's kind of destructive or, you know, rude or any impolite in any way, because there's kind of like actions that would, you know, come from that. Whereas like, if you are anonymous, that uh, responsibility is removed. So it does create this chance for, you know, people to come in and, and be negative. So I'm a little weary of this, yeah. honestly. I, I don't think that Reddit would do something without thinking it through all the way. Yeah. We just have so much faith in them. Right. But it does increase. I'm really curious. What you're saying, Amanda, too, I think also really increases the role of the mods and the moderators um, on these platforms. Um, like on Discord, it's very small groups. Um, and there's somebody who can kick you out if you're if you're being that jerk, even with a screen name. Um so yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Reddit uh, will get it right because they typically do. So I'm not worried about yeah. that. But I, go ahead. Beth. The only other thing that it brings up to me, well, a couple things. I love the nested kind of conversation that you can go back and see in Reddit, where it's like you don't have to reply to the last thing that was said. You can kind of pick where you chime in. How to upvotes and kind of the Reddit currency work with the audio feature. And they've made such great strides with their um, algorithm and uh, their tech AI that catches hate speech and shuts it down before it kind of even can happen on the app. What happens in these chat rooms with that? And to your point, like moderators will play a role, but I don't know. Those are my, my watch outs and things I'm wondering about. 
We're all I also hate hate lo- or hate hotline as a name. Yeah. yeah. I I think you're right. I I for some I didn't even think of the AMA, which is silly, but um if that's the case, I I see it probably would go whereas Clubhouse sort of has both like chatty chat rooms and keynote rooms. I bet I bet this Reddit one would will do one or the other. I don't see it being like an yeah. exact carbon copy. I think they're going to choose a lane. And if they do go the AMA route, I think it's great because then, you know, you can, you could, you could hear Elon Musk give his Ted talk, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I do see a lot of problems with the sort of open chat that could be, that could be a little problematic, but it takes your social listening to a whole new level. Cause now you actually have to listen with your ears. <laughs> That's a joke. Or get transcripts, <laughs> which will <laughs> Which would be great. Which which maybe if if they if they put that feature in, that could be awesome. That that would really set them apart from, you know, all these other platforms. Um too. So who yeah. knows? Um You've obviously never analyzed transcripts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll figure it out, Joey. Don't you we'll worry. We'll get there. We'll figure it out. All right. Um, so Beth, let's talk about Pinterest. I know you're a big fan. They announced, uh, a creator fund. Um, so what, what makes this creator fund different? (laughs) So this creator fund is $500,000, um, that will be given to creators on the platform, um, that are, at least 50% of the fund's recipients will be from underrepresented groups. Um, The fund's focused on elevating creators from these underrepresented communities and offering, it helps to offer a combination of creative strategy consulting and compensates them with a budget for content creation and ad credits. This is great. I think another part of this announcement that's really cool is that there's now also a content policy called the creator code. So in order to post content, now creators have to agree that their content is kind, they've checked their facts, they're aware of triggers, they're practicing inclusion, and the content is intended to do no harm. So another good step for Pinterest in representing diverse communities, really trying to to kind of live that ethos of representing everyone, making space for everyone on the platform, and also enforcing that their content is positive, reflects kind of the, the kinder side of the internet. They've also allowed creators to now be able to monitor comments and block comments that are not in line with this kind of creator code. Interesting. I love it, of course. But um, I don't think 500 grand is a lot of money, if we're being completely honest, and 50% going to underrepresented communities doesn't feel like that much. 250 grand for doesn't seem like it's going to help out a bunch of creators. So it's a little PRE. I think the creator code to me is more meaningful, but funds always get the press. It's interesting because I feel like we don't often talk about 
people that create content specifically on Pinterest that much. And I haven't really thought about the Pinterest creator before, candidly. So I'm curious, I mean, to me, and I could be absolutely off base, it does seem like a platform that pulls content from other platforms and kind of aggregates it, which is sort of the beauty of it because it's almost the um, the weight off of their shoulders to, you know, pull these creators in and constantly have new and engaging content every day for people to see. Um, I'm interested to see, I think that's awesome that they're setting it up in a way that's like the right way to bring content to the platform. I'm just curious if they are trying to pivot more into like bringing creators into the platform and how that works. Um, interesting. I, I think it will foster some conversation to your point, Beth, 500k is not a lot, but this larger focus on creators, there is something that I'm curious to see how that grows. Jonathan. Yeah, I, I go ahead. Oh, I was going to say Jonathan Van Ness endorsed this. He uh, spoke at the kickoff announcement, which I thought was really cool. I like Jonathan mm. Van Ness. I trust him. I trust him. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I'm like, well, then it's that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually, so I am on Pinterest almost every day. And before this announcement, I didn't even realize there were comments on Pinterest. Me neither. In my mind, I'm like, who comments on Pinterest? Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's part of it too. But, I, I always think of Pinterest as very positive and like not really yeah. a place for, you know, not really a place where you have to make, I mean, you should, but not a place where you have to make, you know, that, that checklist of, um, you know, things to agree to, like be kind. I feel like that you're on Pinterest. Like, I feel like that's sort of a given, right? Like, you know, you're looking up right. pictures and you know, you're here for wedding inspiration. Like, I don't know. That's, that was my use case with, with Pinterest. I don't use it that often, but I just always think of it as a very happy place, but you know what? It's probably good that they're having this checklist because now it's saying, Hey, these are our ground rules, right? These are, these are the things that mm -hmm. we stand for. Uh, let's keep it this way. You know, we don't want this to turn into, you know, something that it's not. Yeah. And I think the triggers thing was really interesting for me too, of like, there's a lot of content around weight loss and eating healthy that like can skew to a place of um, maybe not the healthiest behaviors. So I think those kind of subtle triggers and being aware of like words that you use in your content that could I don't know, remind someone of their eating disorder or uh, that's just the one that's at the top of my head or like trigger some mental health spiral, whether or not that was the intent is interesting. I'd also think this stems from kind of the share of what seems um, innocent, you know, tips for weight loss or, you know, Mm -hmm. mental health or whatever it may be. And we saw that rise on TikTok. And, you know, we've been talking about what they're doing to combat, for lack of a better word, misinformation. And I'm curious, too, if this has also been a behavior on on um, Pinterest, where it's like seemingly, you know, a helpful tip about how to do X, Y, and Z, but it's actually like, you know, poor advice or something that people shouldn't do, whether it's health or finances right. or whatever else. So I'm curious, too, if it's almost stemming off of that, because I don't use Pinterest. And I, I know that a lot of people don't use Pinterest as specifically a social network in its purest form. A lot of it is kind of aggregation and content and closer to like a Netflix than an Instagram. You know what I mean? You're just taking yeah. all this content in and, and creating something that feels right for you and not necessarily sharing that or having a dialogue. But I wonder, too, if it is geared more towards that 
misinformation battle that these yeah. platforms are having to fight. I mean, I, I I'm eight plus months pregnant right now, and I keep getting served like ways to get my body back. Oh, and some of the workouts are actually would make if you had issues with your core muscles worse. And so, like, there is it's terrifying. There is some of that. Also, I'm like, leave me alone, Pitney. Yeah. I don't need to get my body back. <laughs> but that's the content that the algorithm thinks I need. Yeah, and that can get scary fast. Like, I, I'm glad that they are battling it because to, mm-hmm. to the point we're saying, it's like it can just spiral out into this place that they don't have control over it at all. Yeah. So they were, right. they were. If it makes you feel any better, Beth, uh, Pinterest was feeding me um, groomsmen suit ideas. Uh, two years after I was married. So uh, I had to like put Just a Just in case you're like, getting married. Yeah, right. No, I'm still <laughs> married, still engaged. Uh, so like, it's about time for your second marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's hilarious. Oh, boy. Um, but I do, I agree with you, Amanda, too, that like a lot of the content is coming from blogs. So I wonder if like the creator fund will also help people get smarter about their blogs. Like maybe it's not just for... Pinterest. We'll see how it actually rolls out. Next week, we're going to talk about the Tumblr Creator Fund. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? <laughs> Who's next? Who's next? <laughs> Watch it. We will. <laughs> That'll be a story yeah. next week. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, last story, our fifth thing of the day. Amanda, talk to us about Facebook launching new video speed dating. This sounds exciting. <laughs> Every word of this headline, I didn't know it was going to come next. Um, So Facebook's experimental department, which we talked about before, it's called NPE, New Product Experimentation, um, has just launched a beta version of its newest app called Sparked, which is, as you can guess, a dating app that really focuses on video chat as a means of connecting and finding viable matches. So a couple of details. They are claiming essentially that they're skipping the swiping so that they're going to be matching people up based on interests and personalities, which isn't insane. Facebook has probably the most data on any human in the world. So perhaps this, even if it doesn't make you find your perfect match, it'll help you weed out incorrect matches. So, okay, nodding along makes sense. This can also help a little bit with like choice overload, you know, in a lot of dating apps, especially where here in New York City, there's just a lot of people. So again, weeding out the people that maybe aren't for you. Then they, once you're matched up, there's not a DM process. It's prompts you to do a speed, a four minute video chat. And that's pretty quick. That's a pretty short video chat. It's kind of interesting. Um, Could get somewhere. The third part of what we know so far is that it's, this app is like really focused on kindness, which feels a little odd in this space. Um, They have all these rules around, you know, being kind and what is kind dating. And you have to answer questions about what makes you a kind dater. there's a lot of things happening in this app. So I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. It is worth noting that like this department in PE creates a lot of apps and functionalities and technologies that maybe never really go somewhere as its own dating app, but might get pulled into some other kind of partner platform or reels or something that's already going on. So this is interesting. Facebook's kind of been playing around with dating for a little bit. Um, It technology wise, this isn't, again, groundbreaking. I think Hinge has offered this for a little while. I think Bumble has the same thing in in in-app video chatting. I don't see this changing 
the dating, the online dating game, I honestly don't really even know if this would be adopted at all. I kind of see this as more of a test and learn for Facebook to see where they can use something like speed conversations, something like, you know, quick connections with someone instead of DMing back and forth. I, I hope that it's not a play for a dating app because I don't think that these differentiators are going to put them anywhere new. Um, but it's just something weird that this department always is working on something interesting. So we'll see how it gets applied to something. But once again, Facebook doing what everybody else is doing. But in this case, I feel like they're like 12 years too late. It's like, Facebook, are you okay? <laughs> Even one year too late. If this happened a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right when COVID started, perhaps it'd get a little more traction. But I I think this is now the time people are going to want to be having a real conversation with someone. And before that, they're going to want to send some messages first to not dive into. I feel like I've heard I wouldn't feel like I've heard rumblings of a Facebook dating app for years. And I guess now we're now it's here. But I don't know. I think they have it in some markets. Uh, We can fact check that. I think they have an offering that's very light in some markets to test it out. Um, but it doesn't seem like they're going all in yet. Um, because again, I don't think that they really need to, I don't think that dating apps can really be that different right now with the features they're adding. Um, the algorithm piece of it is what really freaks me out. mm -hmm. It's like, you know, when you meet those couples and you're like, they're so different that they balance each other out. I don't know if it's great to like have someone that likes all the same content you do, talks about all the same stuff that you do the echo chamber effect of then like putting perfectly like-minded people together where they can't learn and grow from each other is um, maybe not what the world needs right now. Yeah. And it could rule out really good connections that maybe on paper aren't theoretically right for each other. At the same time, I don't know that my social and even my digital presence, I don't know that that encapsulates me as a person. Like I think there's so many things as a human that are not ever inputted into your phone or your computer for them to kind of gather and and assess. So I don't know if it's a true reflection of humans. And to that point, even if it is, it's almost this either idealized or extreme version of someone. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're matching it up with someone, same off-brand version of themselves. I don't know. It just seems like a little recipe for disaster. Yeah. It's a little bit like all millennials are the same. (laughs) Speaking speaking of millennials, this segues right into my question. Who is this for? Because millennials are not going to jump on. I mean, look, I'm I'm not a single person, but if I were, I just don't think I would be jumping on Facebook for a dating app. So who is on Facebook? So that's why. And who is going to use this app? That's why they were smart to launch it as a separate app. So ah. the app is called Spark, which is a really corny name. But I do think if this was like Facebook dating in its truest form, it would attract little to no one. Um, And that's why I'm curious to see, like, I don't know if they're trying to change the dating game. I think that they're more so trying to assess the behaviors of dating. I I don't know what they're going to do with that information. Um, Only the Facebook, the big boys at Facebook know. Uh, I do feel like (laughs) more of a, a test and learn behavioral assessment to how these things are used. But yeah, I, if this, if this was Facebook dating and that was the tagline, I don't think anyone would, yeah. Do it. Their that tagline says, and, and I, you mentioned this, but no public profiles, no swiping, no endless DMs, free to use. And they all have a little emoji. <laughs> it sounds like a very like 2050, like futuristic movie version of dating where it's like, here's your partner. 
Yeah. The future is now, Amanda. It also sounds like it could go like chat roulette quickly. (laughs) Right. Just that. I'm just. I know. Inappropriate. That cuts deep. Oh wow! I haven't thought about chat roulette in so long. Four minutes. Yeah. Speed dating. I'm like, oh god, what are the trolls of the internet going to do with that one? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Who knows? I think you you could find the love of your life. Or you could find Ben Folds just playing you a private concert or something yeah. much yeah, grosser. I, <laughs> I have a feeling we'll see this technology from Facebook utilized in some other way. And maybe we'll be nodding and be like, okay, that makes sense. Um, but right now it's so confusing and it's so odd. Um, let's keep an eye on it. Yeah, for sure. All right, friends. Well, I think, I think that wraps it up for us this week. Um, we've talked about many things. Lots of wellness hubs and clubhouse clones and creator funds to go around for all the social channels. Um, Be sure to follow us on Apple and Spotify. And be sure to email us at podcasts at gray.com. We actually had a little problem with the email address recently, so I think we got it fixed. So if you did email us, email us again. Um, That inbox is open. I want to thank Amanda and Beth for joining me today and making this so easy and so fun, as always. And again, I'm going to steal Kenny's line. Here it goes. Sounds weird coming out of my mouth, but I'm going to do it anyway. Stay safe, stay smart, stay social. Thanks a lot. Bye. The Five Things are written and researched by Andrew Petty and Grace McDougall. Produced by Joey Scarillo and Danielle Hunt. Mixed at Gramercy Park Studios by Guy Rosemarin with support from post-producer Ned Martin. Additional support by John Jenkinson and Christina Hyde. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more at gray.com.